uh, Hyann. Looks like we got the Saxers, although no faces. And we got Preston. Good to see you, Preston. There's Ann. Ann popped on, so she wouldn't just be a blank screen for me. <laughs> Believe me, I don't no notice you all when I'm speaking, although he's got me on here too, which is, the, that's a little distracting. <laughs> Seeing myself uh, is a little weird. Um, my message today, I didn't give the title, so we can't put it up there. Uh, it, the title is Living and Giving in the Kingdom. It's got a longer aspect to that. Uh, the longer aspect to it is knowing God's nature shapes our nature and our giving. Uh, this was prompted a little bit by us having a meeting and discussing uh, our mission and why we've chosen uh, the mission of El Salvador, uh, why we give there, and why we do that, uh, and uh, put in the context of also decisions both individually and collectively about how we give and what's the background for that, what's the guidance for that. Um, the passage that is on the lectionary today, I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, hopefully you're familiar with it, but it's from Luke 14 where uh, it, it, I'll, I'll start it out and maybe I'll read the whole thing, we'll see where I go. On one occasion... When Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place, and then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteousness, of the righteous. Um, that last part is the heart we're talking about here on uh, living and giving in the kingdom. Uh, I don't really think Jesus is saying don't invite just everybody, uh, but he's trying to guide us on what our hearts should be. Uh, I mean, clearly, it's okay to invite the rich, but the question is, where's your heart in doing so? Are you inviting them because they can repay you and you want something out of it? Uh, so... You know, I, I think we have to always read these things in the context of the message that Jesus is trying to get across. Because, and that message is there on uh, inviting people that can't repay you uh, and, and how, what that does for you, uh, how that shapes your heart. Is if I do something for the goodness of just inviting people, um, 
I'm not looking for a reward now. Uh, I'm just doing what God's heart does. God gives to us um, freely, and that's what he's trying to guide us and shape us to do. When I read this passage and I started preparing for today, it took me back to high school. Uh, in my senior year in high school, I had never been involved with speech or, or the speech team or anything like that. But in my senior year, I took speech class. And my speech teacher asked if I would participate on the speech team. And I didn't know anything about it. And he says, listen, I'll give you original oratory. And in that category, you just write a speech that lasts a certain length of time. And it can be anything you want to talk about. Uh, uh, and you just then you, you deliver that uh, at the speech meets. And every speech meet you go to, there's about at least four times you have to give the speech. You go to one room and give it in front of some judges, then you go to another room. Um, and he told me to just do something that I uh, was passionate about. The summer before that, I had been at a youth church camp and had um, chosen felt called to state that I was going to pursue ministry. And so my mind and my heart were starting to be directed in that way. Uh, and one passage that had always um, resonated with me was the, the passage that's referred to uh, by the title, The Sheep and the Goats, in, in Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46. Uh, and that I do want to read because I want you to um, listen with your ears, but also I want the Holy Spirit to speak with us and guide us through this passage. So, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, and thirsty, and give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me.
Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. That, you can tell, always has touched me. Uh, it, is, it is really, um, I would say, reverberated in my spirit. Uh, it bounced around in me because I think it's a, a tremendous uh, revelation of the heart of God, uh, of how he... Um, sees us and how he cares for us. Uh, I, I can give a message later on about the redemption of, of the people who are condemned here <laughs> because we are all redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. But, but this is spoken in a way to let us understand the heart that God desires of us uh, living in this kingdom and giving in this kingdom. Uh, in fact, I would say in many ways, living in this kingdom is giving in this kingdom. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the concept of God's love for us is freely giving to us, calling for us in return to freely give. Uh, and it's a, it's a different message than this world sends us. <laughs> This world tells us that there has to be reciprocity. You give something, you, you should get something back. Uh, fair exchange. You pay a fair value, you should get a fair value back. That's the world's teaching. And so this is the kingdom teaching, though. Uh, the kingdom teaching says don't pay attention to what that world is saying. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Then I'm going to put it in the context of why we do El Salvador or why we don't do other giving or whatever. And we'll talk about how that affects us collectively and individually as we go about our life, how we make decisions, um, how we are supposed to be making our decisions about how we live and how we give in this kingdom. The The... The, the reality is we cannot make these decisions. We cannot fully commit until we really understand the nature of our God, until we understand his relationship to us and his call to us of what this big um, plan of God's creation was. Uh, you, the more we study that, the more we, we grasp that God created this heaven and earth. And he did it with a purpose. 
it, it wasn't just some random act that he threw it together and then just let it haphazard happen. There really was a plan. And it is an organized plan. Uh, and during that plan, our job, it's almost going to rhyme, our job is to hold on to his hand. <laughs> uh, our, our job is to hold on to what he has taught us, what his plan is in this whole thing, and to walk through the life in the way that he has guided us to do so. And we come and gather together to share thoughts about that, about how does that play out? How do we put that into actual practice? Because the more we do that, the more we grasp and, and, and focus upon God's plan, God's heart, God's intent, the more we study what God has done for us and why, then the more it can becomes instinctive in our lives, the more it becomes just a matter of course. That's where we want to be, is living in this kingdom, we want it to be just a reflex that I respond to other people the way God wants me to. Uh, one thing I try to constantly remind myself is to, and I, and I ask God all the time because I fall short uh, and I want to keep growing in it, but I say, God, help me see whoever it is the way you see them. Help me not to see them as somebody I politically disagree with or somebody who has a lifestyle I may not approve of. Help me see the person you see. The person you love. So that I, in turn, can love them. Because if I focus upon them with the eyes of my mind, earthly mind, and with the earthly wisdom, I'm going to react to them in that way. But if I see them with the eyes of God, I'm going to react in a whole different way. Now, there are times that we still might rebuke someone when I'm looking at them with God's eyes. But I need to make sure that I'm doing that truly in, in the spirit of God and not in the spirit of my mind and what that I want to be right. And too often in my life, I mean, I love to argue. I, I mean, I, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> it's in my nature. Uh, if you see me engage in a discussion, I tend to want to win that discussion. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a nature I have to fight. Because to me, when I'm in a, in a discussion, it becomes a debate. And fortunately, I grew up in a home where we could debate um, very aggressively. But we did learn to separate debate from hate. Uh, but, but still, I go too far when I debate. I, I just know I do. I, I was involved in it the other day when I was down at the 10 caps. A guy was 
kind of confronted me on some things about the law, about the law, and he was attacking the justice system, and 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 it, it got me fired up, and and I really engaged. Now he was down there setting up for an event for his business, and his people were setting up. I was down there looking to set up an event uh, to try to see if we were going to set up an event, and neither of us ever got to what we were there for because we argued the entire time. And, and I hate to admit it, but at one point, I actually said, shut up for a minute. Now, that's not really a good technique. <laughs> you can laugh at me because it's not. He was dominating. He's one of these people who will not stop, and there was no time limit, and so he would not stop. He would, say, he would ask me a question, and then he would proceed to go on and on and on and on and never give me a chance to answer the question. And that's why I was saying, shut up, and I will answer your question. Uh, but uh, it really, it was showing that I really wasn't really approaching that. Uh, the fact of the matter is there was no way we were going to have that conversation in a healthy and positive way. And the real answer in that kind of a situation is to not get into that conversation <laughs> uh, peacefully and respectfully, um, extricate yourself from it, uh, and, and do so in a graceful way. But um, I was not being responsive to that person as someone God loved. I was being responsive to them as someone who I wanted to win a debate with. Uh, and so I was reacting in that human mind as opposed to in the kingdom mind. And I came out of that, I'll guarantee you, all of his employees who were watching and the tin cap employee who was watching came away with a very negative impression of us both. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't tell him I was a Christian. <laughs> because it wouldn't have been very good testimony. Uh, now, I wish I had told him I was Christian. Maybe it would have redirected it in, in, a, in a better way. But um, that, that's an example of me not focusing upon how I live in the kingdom. Uh, and, and I think that's something that we need to um, ground ourselves in when we think about how do we live and give in the kingdom. Uh, the... We've gotten, we, me, and I, and I think all of us from time to time, we get sidetracked by world wisdom and we replace it, uh, we put it in a place above what, we're, what we learn from scripture uh, because it sounds good, it, it, it fits. Um, one thing when I talk about living and giving in the kingdom, we have heard it say, You've got to give to receive. And there's some apparent wisdom to that. It sounds good, you know, because it's encouraging you to give. If you want to receive, you know, you've got to give first if you're expecting God. But, but I'll tell you, I think it's a bad message. It's a bad message because 
giving is in the context of wanting to receive. The focus is on me wanting to receive. And how do I receive? Well, give and then you can receive. I think the mindset we're supposed to have is, I have received. And therefore, I give. God has already given me. I have received. Therefore, I give. Uh, I don't give in hopes that God will give me more. He's given me. Therefore, I give. It's not, it's like inviting people to a party or a wedding or, or a special event. I'm not supposed to invite them in the hopes that they will give me something or that they will invite me to one later. The world does that. I mean, they will tell you if you're putting on a fun fancy function, invite some dignitaries and things, and then maybe they're going to invite you to something, and you can network that way. You see, that's world thinking, but that's not kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is you invite people because you want to show hospitality. And in the kingdom, hospitality is generated by love with no desire to get something out of it other than to be living within the kingdom. It's, we pray all the time when we do the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking that the kingdom be on earth as it is in heaven. This is the way we get there is we actually try to live it. Um, we can live within the kingdom. It doesn't mean that the world is going to respond with us being successful. It doesn't mean the world's going to respond with us um, getting the things that the world would say are good return for what we're doing. But what we get is the thing that God has already given us if we get grounded in understanding his nature and what he's done for us. He has given us eternal life. And, 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 a, and a life where there is going to be no suffering, no, 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 not enough, no desire for anything more because it will all be there. That is what has been given to us. He has given to us his love unconditionally and has granted us that for eternity. When we live in the kingdom, that is enough. That is, and that's why we can then give and live free of these worldly things urging us to think about, well, is that wise? Is that, is that a good financial move to give this money to someone right now? Uh, what are you going to do 10 years from now? Well, see, do you hear the world whispering in your ear there? Now, does that mean you ought to just give your money every time someone asks for it? 
No, we talk, we're going to talk about living and giving in the kingdom. But if you're not going to give in a moment, it shouldn't be because the world tells you it's not a good financial move. That's not the way we should be working. If you don't give in a moment, it's because the Holy Spirit guides you that this isn't a right time to give for some reason. Whatever that might be. And there are times the Holy Spirit will tell us, no, this is not a time we ought to give. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons. Sometimes there's a lesson that we're supposed to be guiding that person in. Uh, lovingly guiding them. We're not denying them uh, help from the kingdom. But sometimes giving something might be hurtful for that person. Uh, and that's a tough lesson sometimes. But once in a while, we have to, we have to do it. Uh, living and giving in the kingdom doesn't mean I have to give everything to everyone who asks me. But it does mean I have to respond to everyone who asks me in the way God wants me to. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not. It, it, there's no um, absolute rule. And that's why I want to use our El Salvador as an example. Uh, knowing when we're giving. Why do we give to El Salvador? Is it because they have a greater need than Guatemala? Or some country in Africa? Or in Asia? So if there's needs out there, why do we give to El Salvador? Because that's who God brought within our sphere. You know, am I responsible for the entire world? In a way, yes, and in a way, no. In a way, yes, in that all of what we do hopefully influences the world and impacts the world. But in a way, no, because God didn't bring all of that into my sphere. When I say in my sphere, within my world of contact, these people that, when I was hungry, you did not feed me. That focus is always on Jesus saying, you came in contact with me. And, and they said, of course, when did I come in contact with you, Lord? And he says, when you, when you came up with, to someone who was hungry and you didn't give them food. But there was always in when you came in contact with someone. That's the key. God will bring us into contact with people. God will bring us in contact with circumstances. Our job is to have our eyes open to those and to respond to those. We should, we should excitedly anticipate those because those are encounters with a kingdom opportunity. You know, there, I know people who, if they see um, someone who's going to be asking for money, they'll cross to the other side of the street because they don't want that encounter. 
I don't think we're supposed to be that way. Now, does that mean we're supposed to give what that person's asking? Not necessarily. Is it wrong to give in that situation? I can't say. Is it right to give in that situation? I can't say, unless I'm in that situation. I mean, that's how tough it is, really. God wants us to think about it, but not purely here. He wants to think about it here. He wants us engaged with him. He created this world and put us in charge. A foolish idea <laughs> in many ways. But I think God knows what he's doing. And, and this interaction, this living in the kingdom and giving in the kingdom is how we grow in the kingdom. It's how we get closer to what God's wanting us to be. And it's not a straight path because growth comes from these encounters. We grow as we deal with human beings. We shouldn't shy from that. We, we shouldn't be afraid of that because every encounter God gives us gives us a chance to grow in the kingdom and to live in the kingdom. It's not always easy. And when we make decisions on whether we give or don't give, people are going to get angry one way or the other. If you give, some people will tell you you're throwing your money away. If you don't give, someone will throw this scripture up in your face and tell you that was Christ and you didn't give to him. But there's no clear 100% answer. You have to let the Holy Spirit guide you. But that means you've got to be growing in that. You've got to be studying it. You've got to be coming to know the nature of God. And, and, and your heart has to really want to do what's right. Are you always going to be right? No. <laughs> but where's your heart at? What are you seeking? What are you wanting to do? What's your goal? And when you're doing that, more and more the Holy Spirit's going to guide us. I mean, I've shared with you many times that I've, I've, someone was talking to me, and I will move on, and I will get a block down the street, and I will be hit by the Holy Spirit saying, and I, it, will, it will hit me, and I'll say, oh, you wanted me to talk to that person. <laughs> and, and, and God will say, in my head, yeah, be better next time. It's not, yeah, you, you blew it, you're lost. When we're, when we're in harmony of wanting to do God's will, then God is going to guide us. He's going to reprimand us once in a while. He's going to correct us once in a while. But even those are to be rejoiced. Because he's talking to you. <laughs> you know? Even a reprimand, we should say, hallelujah. You know, there was a time I, I, I got really frustrated with God and I said, listen, I don't want to hear it. And I tell you, pretty darn quickly I said I didn't mean that. 
I want to hear whatever you want to say to me. Because that's living in the kingdom. When you're listening, when you are talking to God, when you're listening, that's living in the kingdom. And, and with that, all the troubles in this world start to fade because you're focused on the kingdom. And the momentary, the light and momentary troubles. And, and listen, I know I've got a good friend who lost his 17-year-old son suddenly, unexpectedly. And how we put that in context of the kingdom is all we can know is that God hurts as much as we do and more. And uh, how God allows it to happen, I sometimes yell at God about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't say I have answers for that. It, we're, we live in a fallen world, and bad things happen in a fallen world. What I can know and profess is that that child is more provided for by God than I could ever provide for him. Uh, and that family is more nurtured and loved by God than I could ever do. However, I also know that God asks us to come around people when they're suffering. And all of this is all part of building the kingdom. How we learn to interact with each other in, in when we're celebrating, when we are um, in sorrow. How we interact with each other, how we look at each other with kingdom eyes. Every moment, every encounter is an opportunity to grow in the kingdom. Uh, so why do we do El Salvador? Again, it came within our sphere. Why do we give the way we do give? We collect money and we send it down there. And we trust our brothers and sisters to um, disperse it in a way that carries out the need. It's how do we judge who should get it? Largely, we leave that up to Lewis, <laughs> Pastor Lewis. But um, they've got the criteria. But do we require anything out of the people who we're giving to? In general, the answer is no. We give freely. Uh, you know, do, do they have to be going to church? The answer is no. Do they even have to be professing a Christian faith? The answer is no. What we hope is by our giving, our free giving, our love, our involvement, uh, is that that will reveal the kingdom of God to them, you know, which is a kingdom where we're freely receive, we freely receive from our God. And so we freely give. We let them know our hearts. So we do have a time when, when we give, we share the gospel with them and share where our hearts are. They don't have to follow us. They don't have to agree with us. But our hope is that that, that will infect them, that that will spread the kingdom of God, that they will see hearts that are freely given, so in that they will see God. And through that, they will grow. 
But likewise, we get more than we can give. Because when we give and we're joining part of the kingdom, we grow, both individually and collectively. I've been blessed by this church. I've been blessed by what, what has been done, uh, how we're giving to people we don't even know. Now, we've had, some of us have had the blessing uh, to be able to go down and see them face to face. But most of you give, and you don't get that. You don't get that opportunity to actually see the faces and the joy that comes from what they receive. Uh, and and I, I'm blessed by the fact that you give knowing that. Uh, it, it is a blessing. It is an affirmation. I brag about our church and our ministry to El Salvador. I don't brag about it wanting to be make it something good about me. I brag about it because of you. Uh, what we do, I think, is, is amazing. Now, when I say what we do, believe me, I, I know it's God. God is working through us. God is providing for us in a way that allows us to give. But, but that blesses me to see it. And again, why El Salvador? Because that's what God brought before us. If he had brought us a, a small community in some other country, we would then have to listen and consider and decide, is God calling us to get involved with that community? And if he is, then we would have to do that. So how do we do this on an individual basis then? Well, on this individual basis, you can know that the church leadership prayed, thought, um, listened to the Holy Spirit, trying to be guided and saying, is this something we should get behind? And it's not just us. It's the House of Prayer and, and others have also done this. But also individually, you should do that too. Individually, is this something our church is saying we get behind? But do I feel that is a call on my heart? And that's what it should be a part of the process. It shouldn't be just a reflective, well, Ben or Jack or Pastor Louise says we should give money to El Salvador. You should listen to that, and, and hopefully that you should at least give consideration to it because church leadership is saying that. But you individually then have to think, is this something God wants me to join? Uh, am I being called to be a part of this? And I hope you've done that. Uh, I feel y you must have because the ministry has gone amazingly well. Uh, and so that's why we do it. Now, the same thing goes with every other moment in your life. Uh, our church has been faced with other moments where we're called to give, and we've elected to give, or we've elected not to give. Uh, so we don't give every time there's a need placed in front of us. We try to consider, is this something that we feel God's calling us to do? Um, and sometimes the answer is no. Uh, and 
it's, it's hard sometimes because we're, we have to worry how is the person going to be responding? Are they going to think we're acting non-Christian? But it, it's what we have to do, and each of you individually. So do I have to give to everybody who asks of me? The answer is no. But should I consider giving to everybody who asks of me? The answer is yes. I should always consider it. I should always ask, is this something God's asking me? Did God bring this person to me as an opportunity for me? I mean, again, these are not burdens. And that's what we've got to avoid, is seeing an opportunity to deal with another human being, even if we ultimately decide that I'm not, this isn't a time I should give. That was still an encounter with another human being who God loves. And how I deal in that moment is living in the kingdom. And, and, and that's to be excited about. God's given me a chance to be involved in his kingdom. And how can I say that's a burden? You know, that's the hearts that we're, we're supposed to. Now, I want you to know when I say that, do I consider it a burden sometimes? Yes, I do. Uh, because I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not to the point where I can always see it as purely an opportunity for me uh, to grow in the kingdom. Uh, but it is my heart and my prayer. Uh, that's why I ask God, when I see a human being today, help me to see them in your eyes. Because this world will paint people in all kinds of colors and all kinds of shapes and all kinds of political views that will cause you to not see them. But God wants us to see them. Sometimes just to be present. Sometimes to do more. And that's our process. That's why we give to El Salvador. Um, that's why we do what we want. Um, I want to end with... I've got a whole bunch of messages based upon what Ben gave me. Uh, ben sent me some things about a, a big God or a, a strong God and a weak God. There's a guy named uh, Caputo uh, who writes about a weak God. Uh, but when you look at it, what that's about is it's like, it's like the difference between expecting a Messiah that's going to come conquer the world with military force and then being disappointed that you got this guy who's going to die. <laughs> you know, that's a weak God. But do we view that as a weak God? No, because we know what that accomplishment of his death did. A weak God in this, in this concept is a God who actually trusts us to do the work rather than us expecting miracles all the time because what God says is the miracle is you. The miracle is you. you. You're empowered to do these things. And, and some people would call that a weak God. But that strength of that God is that he empowers each of us, the Holy Spirit in us, to carry forward the kingdom. So I've got a lot more I'd like to teach out of this, but I'm beyond my time. Uh, and uh, so let me close with a prayer. 
Heavenly Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for the blessings you have freely given to us. Forgive us when we do not feel blessed because in the world's eyes, uh, maybe we're lacking something that we think we need. Father, if we have true needs, we ask that you and we trust that you will provide for them. If we see needs, Father, please help us to know when you are calling us to respond to those needs. Help us in all encounters, Father, to see things the way you see them, to see people the way you see them. Help us to learn to do that instinctively. Help us to learn to listen to the whisper of your spirit in our ears. Um, help us to learn uh, to be guided down this windy path of life in accordance with your guidance, in accordance with your your desires. Because we know that you desire only what's good for us, so please, Father, help us. Help us to grasp living in this kingdom now that, that is a joy, not a burden. Help us to, to grasp encountering other human beings as an opportunity, not a burden. Help us, Father, to always be shaped by your heart, your love. Grow our hearts to be in accord with yours. Grow our minds to be in accord with yours. Help us as we go about living and giving in this kingdom to do it evermore in accordance with your will. Father, we lift this up to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we... Um